0: all right everyone thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode before we get started we'd like to let you know that the uncommon gem podcast is an adult content show meaning we may go into explicit detail or say some explicit words when talking about today's subjects we also like to inform you that we're not paid or sponsored by any of the donations or charities in the episode we simply just are giving it a shout out and hopefully spreading the word on some good causes thanks again for tuning in and let's get on with the show <music> is up back again episode five of the uncommon gem podcast we are moving we're hustling out here thank you so much again folks for tuning in please by all means you know hit us up on instagram hit us on twitter let us know what your uncommon gems are we're, we're interested in that too you know? things are really looking good here I'm feeling good about the show I'm, I'm liking the guests we're interviewing i'm liking the amount of diversity i'm glad people are taking the uncommon gem theme in different ways both like physical material and kind of like mental material, which is really cool. That's the beauty of the show, folks. We, we never know what their uncommon gems are going to be until they bring it on the show. Oh, yeah, folks. I Yep. This is going to be a thing. I think I'm just going to keep doing it. Messed up again. Episode four. Howard was on the show. He currently lives in New York. And I forgot to ask the damn best pizza question every time, folks. This is going to be a thing. I swear. So Howard actually is from Connecticut. So he swears that Connecticut pizza is the pizza spot. Let me see. He he had texted me his answer. So he had said the Connecticut pizza is the best pizza in his opinion. But he said any dollar slice in New York has always treated me well. So there's that answer for Howard. I promise folks I'm going to get better at this New York pizza question. All right, so let's get on with our guest of the show. I'm so honored because this guest actually put in so much effort with this specific podcast in itself. He is a graphic designer. I met this man when I lived in Colorado through hospitality industry. Just honest to God, just a genuine human being and truly works so hard in any craft and anything he is in. And you could check him out right now on lawrencebenali.com. That's his design website. Please send him up on Instagram as well. Facebook, you know, check out his work because he does a lot of unique, different designs for different categories, which I think is really cool as an artist. But again, I have to thank him so much for collaborating on the cover art for Uncommon Gem podcast. He did so much good work. So folks, please welcome today's guest, Lawrence Benali.
1: Hey Kev, thanks for having me on the show.
0: Hell yeah, man. Well, thank you so much and I'm glad you're on here. I know we're going to have a good old story here to tell. So definitely again, thank you for making this art. Thank you for making this happen. You're such a large part of this process too.
1: Not a problem, dude.
0: So really quick, Lawrence, just because we have you on the show and you designed the show's cover art, I'm I'm curious if you can kind of tell us. More of the mythology that went into that on your end, just because it's very simple to just say, I emailed you, you emailed me, and then it was done. But it wasn't that. It was a lot of interaction between you and I.
1: Absolutely. So in design school, they teach us that, you know, we're not really selling a design. We're selling ourselves as a designer, that trust, and the communication. So when I'm working with you, in particular, or any client, it's very important just to kind of understand what this is. What are we doing? What do you need? And from there, on my end, it kind of just starts with research and kind of figuring out what you like, what I like, and just bringing them together. And then from, from, from that general ideation, we go into drafting and sketches. I'll show you that, see what you like. We'll take that, take it to the next step, edit, revise, finalize. The whole process, it's kind of a science and it wasn't as streamlined as how I'm breaking it down to you in the beginning. In the beginning, yeah. it was very choppy. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> Probably look at me like, bro, what, what the fuck is this? This isn't <laughs> this isn't what I want. But you know, that's just where I'm at right now. It's taken a lot of time, it's taken a lot of practice. But yeah, man, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. I was looking at the timesheet and it took about 14 hours to develop everything and that was just over the course of like maybe maybe two weeks me starting and finishing it with all my other projects and and working it in yeah (laughs)
0: What what i have to say is that what i liked about the way you approached it was in our first initial meeting you had told me show you some of my inspirations or visual inspirations things i like and i have to say like honestly he incorporated so many details of all those things that i truly liked into the logo which really makes it feel personal for me like just to see that he really paid attention to some of the finer details and some of those visual things I had provided. And to see that pay off in the work, to see that actually added into the work is really impressive, I have to say.
1: Yeah, Ben. And it's kind of just, I don't know, maybe like being a tastemaker or just kind of keeping my ear to the streets, look just looking at what's cool, man. Mm-hmm. So having all that stuff in the back of my head. And then you you bring about all of this really cool stuff because you have a great taste and, and and we kind of have similar tastes. And it's really kind of like we're doing like this Dragon Ball Z Super mm. Saiyan dance for the kids.
0: <laughs> the fusion That's dance.
1: That's what <laughs> the fusion dance. We're trying to do the fusion dance for every design. Oh my god, that's exactly what I had in mind. Oh my god, I didn't know you're going to do that, but that looks amazing. Right. Cool. Yeah, bro. So that's that's what it's all about,
0: bro. Super collaborative, yeah.
1: It's one of those jobs where I kind of get that creative freedom to really do what I want to do. Most of the time I'm doing commercial work or working with small businesses and I really don't get that creative freedom. They kind of really want, you know, a design that That'll put them into a certain box. I'm doing like a bakery. It's gotta look like a bakery. Mm-hmm. It can't it can't it can't look like anything else. So I do appreciate the opportunity. Hell I'm yeah. glad that it turned out it turned out so great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. So let's talk about you for sure, man. So I guess we should talk about how we came across paths because that's also a very interesting story. We worked at a Latin restaurant. It had just opened, so we were the first set of team members for the specific restaurant and it was intense. It was Opening a restaurant is always an intense feeling because there's just so many things going on and you just feel like your ass is on the line at all times. (laughs) That was a really cool spot, a really fun cast of characters and everyone really gelled together really well. I always remember, I think like the first couple days you and I worked together, because the thing about Lawrence is like he always has this like, Got to do it my way mentality. So I remember him being like, all right, these are my sections. I'm just going to make my money and go. (laughs) But as time grew, we got to know each other better. We actually helped each other out, and we set each other up for success at that job, too.
1: Absolutely. I miss Platea. Platea was really cool, man. The tacos Mm -hmm. were too expensive,
0: though, because who's
1: charging $18 for a taco plate? I mean, that's probably why that
0: place just tacos, too. No, no sides, nothing
1: (laughs) (laughs) like the smallest side of beans. But, you know, it wasn't about the food. It was definitely about the awesome people that we had the opportunity to work with. Yeah, man, you were super cool. All I ever remember is you being a comedian to the tables, cracking jokes, making people (laughs) laugh. And I like you said, I was very, you know, strictly business in and out. I kind of, like, looked up to you, like, in in a sense. um, (laughs) Damn, I need to be just like that guy. That guy is cracking all the jokes. This is, like, an opportunity for him. I need to kind of be more like that in my day-to-day. So you, like, inspired me, Kev. I'm sure you you hear it all the time from other people, too, because, you know, you got to really put yourself out there. You're doing the podcast right now, so this is great. So, yeah, man, super cool place to work at.
0: (laughs) Do you remember – I I don't know if you were working that day, but do you remember (laughs) So at the time, it was when the NBA Finals were going on, and it was Golden State against Cleveland Cavaliers, and this is when the Cavaliers won. Literally, that game was on air while we were working at Plataea, and we all, like, did not even take our table's orders. We were watching the game. Even the manager, even the owners were just sitting there watching the game. I
1: feel so bad for some people who ate at that restaurant because I'm sure (laughs) that was not the only night that people were not being
0: served. (laughs) This is a very funny scene. Like, so let's definitely talk about how you sort of got into this graphic designing field because that's a, you started going to school not too long ago, correct?
1: Yeah, I was kind of a late bloomer. Well, I guess I went to, I went to college right after high school. I actually got a little lacrosse scholarship and I went down and played division two lacrosse right out of high school. I dropped out of college, got in some trouble. Moms kind of had this conversation with me. She had to sit me down and she said, hey, Sonny, you know, if you kind of keep fucking up, you're going to maybe go down this path that I don't want my son to go down. So she literally <laughs> gave me a printout from CCD, Community College of Denver, and said, hey, how about you go ahead and pick out a class, look into it. I, I really need to get you in school and get your head on straight. So I looked at the classes. I saw some some stuff about graphic design seemed really cool, man, right in my wheelhouse. So I literally just took graphic design one on one, one summer and loved it, fell in love with it. And that's really how it all started, man. I also had this desire to not wait tables for the rest of my <laughs> life, bro. That yeah. shit sucks. Nobody wants to do that. And sure, like the money's great, not as great as it used to be because we're going through the COVID thing. And that's really pushing me to go Full time freelance, mm-hmm. just because the money isn't really there anymore. But me fucking up, <laughs> mother's love, and not wanting to wait tables for the rest of my life—that's really what's gotten me to where I am right
0: now. I respect um, it. You know, I feel that's a story that so many people can relate to because that's just the common person's like lifestyle. You know, they work at a certain industry job just to make ends meet, but meanwhile, their dreams—they they, they got to pursue them. So I'm glad you. Know, you found the thing that really stuck to you, and it's working, man, because as you said, we're in pandemic times, but every time I look in your Instagram, every time I look at your stories, you're working on the next project. You're doing something new, unique. It's all all moving together rather fast for you.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is. I haven't actually really been able to enjoy it, really, because I, I, I just stay on the grind. And I, I had spoke on it a little bit before. You know, I was really, really, really fucking up, so... When that happens for so long, you really just want to turn things around. And and when you find that one thing, you really have to find your gift, develop it, and sell out to, you know, kind of just do what God intended. So that's where I'm at, man. I appreciate it. Things are going fast, and it's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy.
0: Just as much as, you know, I was an inspiration for you, you're an inspiration for me, man. Just working to hone your craft and really get there.
1: Absolutely. Life is... Life is quick. Life goes by quick.
0: Awesome, man. Well, we'll we'll definitely talk about this more and considering what your uncommon gem is. So as always, folks, every episode, we take time to talk about a donation and charity service that the guest brings to our attention. So today, Lawrence is gracious enough to bring one. Lawrence, you mind telling us about where we're going to be talking about?
1: Yeah, Feeding Colorado. If you grew up in Colorado, you know all about it. It's the food bank network that pretty much feeds And helps out families, raises food awareness for the state. We all grew up donating canned goods to King Supers or for our schools, for the Food Bank of the Rockies. Well, this is the network that kind of helps deliver that to all those needy families. So that's what I wanted to focus on. I thought about doing something design-related like AIGA. But come on, man, if we can't get these kids food a basic necessity first we we, we got to do that before we even focus on design or anything like that what is it maslow's hierarchy hierarchies of needs food and shelters the first one you know fuck design let's get let's get some food in these kids' right. uh, stomachs Absolutely. everybody
0: everybody deserves food that, that's what keeps us all going that, that's our literal life source food water like we're all humans so everyone knows what it feels like to be hungry and i can only imagine what these people are going through out there Barely yeah. making the food.
1: I had seen a report, I think it was out of Fort Worth or Dallas this past Thanksgiving. I don't know if you saw the report with the cars lining up for to pick up Thanksgiving dinner. Oh my mm-hmm. God, that's terrible! Yeah, that is terrible, man. We it seems like it's worse than ever. We've got this crazy crisis in Denver right now with, with, with the homeless, too. I'm sure Feed in Colorado helps uh, those guys get fed, but it's real in the streets right now, man. It's crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. A hundred percent. Yeah. And we, in the last episode we had mentioned New York's homelessness, but in Colorado, it's really sad because the government is constantly kind of pushing these people into really shitty positions. Like they can't even exist essentially. And it's a yeah. terrible thing, but I am glad that we're bringing this attention to this company because as you said, they're really dead. there's five major food banks that are just truly dedicated to bringing hot meals or meals in general to these people. They literally just allow you to walk in through their doors set up the service and then they'll get you what you need and they also do hand out food at certain stations as well.
1: Yes so keeping those banks full is definitely a priority. I was watching a a vice report man and they followed a family walking into a food bank and the food bank didn't have food. I mean if the food bank doesn't have food what what does that say about our communities? Mm -hmm. So let's help out Feed in Colorado or your local food bank do what you can to make sure the food banks are full and that some of these communities aren't left in those situations.
0: 100%. 100%. I was looking at their website, and on top of like donating, you can also volunteer. It looks like they actually hire people and pay you. So that's a thing that's not normally normal for most donation services. But the fact that you can actually like be paid to work with these companies is pretty cool to me. Uh, we should mention it's a not-for-profit, meaning all the money will go to these causes. All the money will go rather to buying the food more so than the corporation itself. Just as you said, like, it's very much focused on families because it's not so much that it's just homeless people. There's just so many people that are barely paying rent. Therefore, they can't afford to go out and buy food. So it's working with a lot of families, making sure they also can feed their kids, feed each other, which to me just means a lot.
1: And they got a cool logo. So, you know, I can always (laughs) get behind, you know, a a good designed logo.
0: Shout out to the graphics design. Right on, folks. So you can go to feedingcolorado.org to check it out. As always, we'll put the link in the bio. We'll put it Instagram bio, too. So you can just click on that and definitely do some research. Definitely check it out. But also, you know, if you're walking around the street and you happen to see a homeless person, just check in with them. See if you can help out in any way, shape or form. You know, you don't always have to give out money, but you can definitely point them to this service. Tell them about this service. That way they know, hey, I can get food here or hey, I know several other people that might need this help. The word spreading goes a long, long way, folks. Long way. Thank you again for bringing that to our attention, Lawrence. Now we get on to the best part of the show, the uncommon gem. Lawrence, do you mind telling us what your uncommon gem is?
1: Yes. My uncommon gem is failure. And I think that's definitely helped me as a graphic designer. Absolutely.
0: Failure. I mean, everyone fails. Everyone has known the feeling of failure. Everyone has come across it in so many different ways and so many different styles. So it's such a casual thing, but you have rather, because you know, I know you personally, so I know your arc is very redemptive because you, I'll, I'll be honest, you've been dealt a bad hand in so many different ways, but to see where you are now, I know folks, it's just simple fact. You have to fail to succeed and Lawrence has really succeeded. That's all I have to say. You know, he really has made something from nothing and to be where he's at. I think this is going to be a fun story to, for people to know about you. So what, what do you do you uphold to your failures? You know, what, what has that brought to your life?
1: Oh, man. So <laughs> when you learn how to do everything the wrong way first, it's real easy to do everything right. When we first met, I don't know if you remember or not, but I actually had, I'm not proud to say it, but I had an ankle monitor mm-hmm. on, on my ankle. I, I got in trouble for some things. I got caught up on probation. I had to deal with a lot of obstacles. And if anybody out there has been through the court system, you know how it goes. And it's hard to bounce back. A lot of people struggle bouncing back from failures, especially people who maybe have never dealt with something like that before. So for instance, with me being on probation, you know, I fuck up, do something bad, and then I face the consequences. And there's a, that's bad enough. So with that, there's also UAs. You have to call somewhere every single morning. You have to deal with court fees. You have to deal with this, that, the other. And it all kind of piles on and it can kind of get make a person wants to maybe cope or fall back on some negative activity. And it's this really bad cycle and you really have to just kind of pull yourself out of it. So overcoming something like that living your life or putting your life into expert mode. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. you don't have to, you know, be on expert or hard. It can be easy, but you know, you made it so you made it really hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you kind of live life like that for a while, the way that you assess risk and the way that you put yourself out there, it's completely different. Yeah. It takes courage. It takes courage to bounce back from something like that. It's hard to push yourself to go on. And that's just with you know, the probation thing. there's other, there's all sorts of other things that I've been through, but I just like that example in particular.
0: Yeah, because I mean, not only, like you said, you do make it hard for yourself, but that specific one, it puts so many limitations just on your life in general, because now you have to go about looking for jobs, different craft work, all that stuff. Like, I'm sure there's many challenges that you never would have expected that came with it that now just are constantly popping up.
1: Exactly, exactly. So you, you, you take that experience and then you, you you kind of have to readjust your life. You have to reevaluate and you have to really figure out what's important to you. And I, I kind of did that. I found what was important to me. I found a gift and I developed it. It's hard for a lot of people to do that. It's hard to, to step into your fears really. Yes. Yeah, man. And that's kind of like what graphic design has, has given me.
0: So Lawrence, I'm curious, uh, like, as you, as we mentioned, you know, it's a, it's a common thing for people and you have a very interesting story of failure, but what about it appeals to you so much?
1: It kind of just feels like a superpower. I, in, in my design courses, I see kids get up in front of class and they're kind of afraid to fail. You can't let that happen. You have to own it. You have to go for it. Step into those fears. Really just, really, really just do it. That's why I, I, I love it. Um, I failed so many times that I, I don't mind doing it again. I really don't.
0: <laughs> As a graphic designer, I know you, you want to get the design right. You want to get the the picture right for whoever it may be. But just based on your like past experience of failures, obviously, you're not going to try to go down the failure route again. But how often do you feel that even making mistakes or even in the graphic design world, do you feel a failure kind of sets you up? I feel like during our design process, too, like you, you'll you see like certain moments where you're like, maybe I can make that a bit better. And you definitely fix it up, too. So,
1: I mean, just speaking on the artwork that I did for the podcast, I fucked up at the beginning. I spelled the name wrong.
0: Folks always thought uh, it's very funny that a lot of folks thought we we're just going to be uncut gems. Every episode was going to talk about Adam Sandler's movie, Uncut Gems.
1: <laughs> I thought it was Uncut Gems. And, you know, that's a little mistake or a little failure right there. Maybe somebody who's just getting into graphic design makes that mistake, and in their head they're just like, "Oh no, oh no, that this is the worst mistake ever." You know, I, I put in four hours into those sketches and into those drafts, and now that time is gone, and it's a big deal. You know, as designers, we value time. A little thing like that can really fuck with you. But you know, hey, for me, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, we'll keep it moving, and I, I, I get back to you professionally. My bad about that. <laughs> Let's act like that didn't happen. Uh, I'm not going to bill you for that time. And, you know, let's get this right.
0: That's the kind of beauty of it, that owning it, you know, it, to me, it's better to own it than to just act like it was nothing and push it off to the side. Because owning your failures means you accept the mistake and you're willing to learn from. it. How does that like play into your the learning part of it? Fail
1: upwards. Teach your, teach your kids to fail, you know, uh, teach them that it's okay and that it's not going to be so bad and it's not the end of the world. I think some people who never really actually go through that, they, they, they're going to have a tough time because the life, uh, real life, it's not all foam walls, you know, it's sharp corners. Yeah. It, there's spikes everywhere.
0: For me, like I know it's easy to look at other people's mistakes and try to learn from that, but doing it on your own, like actually failing on your own really does put it in perspective because it's potential times that you could lose something you can never gain back. And what are you going to do? You're going to sit there and think about, man, I fucked it up. I'll never get that opportunity again. Or are you going to try something new? Are you Are going to try to try and get back at it? You know, like you're never going to know it till you try, right?
1: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, just to speak on that a little, you know, I've lost faith from close family members. I've lost friends. I've lost time. And when those things happen, nothing's quite as bad. 100 days in jail. Nothing's quite as bad as maybe your mom not talking to you for a year. Maybe, Maybe your friend's not fucking with you nothing is that bad and i think that's definitely helped me with my with graphic design Uh, one of my first few jobs was actually with an aerospace company and i didn't really feel too qualified for it but what's the worst that could happen this is an opportunity it's not right 100 days in jail it's just an interview and it's just talking to some people let's try to not get in my head too much you know when you fucked up a few times nothing is that bad nothing is that (laughs) fuck up it's just graphic design over here so yeah I think if you have that mentality anything is possible
0: I want to ask you this so as you mentioned you've done the aerospace thing you've done my podcast cover art but you also have designed books you design uh, bakery logos it's all over the board with you so with that does failure like the amount of times you failed are you just like you know what I might as well take as many shots as I can take with different people just to collaborate and get my name out there is that like a feeling you have
1: Absolutely. And I think I got it from that aerospace gig. Yeah, dude, that's so crazy. You just totally connected a dot for me right there. Um, And now I kind of have to, you know, digest on it. Because yeah, I guess my entire career so far is kind of on this whole mantra idea, like, fuck it, what do I have to lose? Just go for it. Right. Like even with this podcast, I'm sure you ask people all the time, hey, do you want to be on this podcast? And a lot of people doubt themselves. I'm not too sure. Uh, Like, shut up. Get over yourself. Come on. (laughs) Get on the podcast. You know, let's just talk about, you know, about your thing.
0: I think a lot of people have shame in being vulnerable, which I I can't judge them. They are raised differently. They are taught differently. But I think being vulnerable, owning up to that. And for example, like you just coming on the show and just to be willing to talk about your failures. Not only does it like lift weight off your shoulders, but it gets yourself out there. You know, it really puts yourself on the market. It really puts yourself, I'm Lawrence, I'm Kevin, like we're here and we're going to keep going no matter our mistakes, no matter where we are.
1: Absolutely. And you know, I, I it's hard for me to fuck with people like that, man. People who are just on the fence, maybe haven't come into their full form yet. I'm all down to enlighten and help, but like, come on, man, just... Just just go for it. It's yeah. not that bad.
0: <laughs> You'll never know till you take the risk. Uh, as an improv comedian, my teacher always said, Zach Willis, he said, hey, you're not going to die on stage unless you fictionally die on stage. That's a different story, but you're literally not going to die. And I know that's like, you know, a different kind of example, but it really stuck with me because I'm just like, what? Yeah, I'm not going to die. Sure, well, like I get nervous, sure, it might be, you know, off-putting. But I, I'm assuming it's the same thing, like taking a step with someone you've never worked with before or collaborating with someone you might have never met in person too, but to take that risk, to jump out there and say you did it. And more often than not, the work pays off and it looks dope.
1: And even with my clients, they're taking a risk. Mm-hmm. If you run into me on Instagram, you're taking a risk because I need $150 for the retainer. Mm-hmm. Like You're just going to send some guy in, on Instagram $150 to do what you hope will be you know, great work. So I, I appreciate that risk. And that's all, that's all part of doing business. And, yeah. and you know, I, I've learned that business stuff too with doing the graphic design stuff. It's all one awesome ecosystem.
0: <laughs> so as we had mentioned before, you definitely had some troubles finding places of work, finding places that would accept you just because of your history and past. But it also led you to starting your own business, starting your own graphic design. How's has that affected you?
1: Yeah, man. So I, you know, I can't drive a truck. You know, I got a DUI. You know, I can't, I can't get a job at a, 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 at a bank. There's all sorts of shit that I can't do. And that's part of the reason why I chose graphic design. When I was choosing a career to get into, it was kind of like, all right, which, which, which one can I get into? And graphic design kind of seemed like the natural option. And, you know, when it's hard to get a job, and when you, even when I got certified, it was hard for me to get a job. So when you have those obstacles in your way and those challenges and there's like literally no other option but to design, you really have to step into it and you just have to go for it. And I really think that if more people had that mentality, man, oh, the human race would be great. Yeah. Because there's a lot lot of people who either have undeveloped or underdeveloped skills or, you know, just don't really know what they want to do. And if they could spend more time figuring out but that is or nurturing that this would be a way better society and everybody would be doing what they wanted.
0: Right. These ideas, you know, you just have to sit with them, find what you truly love, sit with them and it will come to you. The creativity will come to you. Sure. This is why I'm loving that we're talking about failure. Sure. The first couple of times may seem whack. Sure. The first couple of times may not seem like you did it right, but you're never going to learn to you experiment with it, play with it a little. So find that thing that you love and really like see if it's about what you want to be about
1: yeah even if you're if you're not too sure about it you know still do it like what do you have to lose mm-hmm. we're doing this podcast right now we don't know where it's gonna go but hey you know <laughs> fuck it like it's 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 the thing to
0: do exactly and we're, we're getting these stories out here for people hopefully that need to hear them so so obviously we can talk about personal examples but are there certain examples of failure that you use in your life to kind of get you going or kind of always use as like an example or a base point just for you in general
1: Oh, yeah. I I actually think about that Michael Jordan commercial when I don't know if you've seen it when he's like, yo, I missed all these shots. yo, I, I I didn't make the basketball team this, this and this. I think about that, man. Mm-hmm. And I also think about I don't know if you know the mo- the motivational speaker, Les Brown, he's he's really cool and he he, he really helps me out. And I guess maybe, like, I, I like to watch a lot of documentaries about musicians or other artists and what they've gone through. Yeah. Um, just from those documentaries or just seeing those artists be at the bottom and come back. Those are the stories that I really like. Yeah. So I guess it's appropriate. It's only appropriate. That's that kind of the life that I live.
0: Definitely, definitely. There, there are a lot of underdogs out there and to hear them make it in, especially for us colored folk, we've always been put in a place of lesser than or it's harder for some of us to come up. So to see a lot of these people succeed and make it the way they did, it took a lot of their personal life, but at the same time, they actually did it. I think that's, that's truly something we should uphold for just doing that.
1: Oh, yo, I gotta shout out my parents, man. You said all those nice things and I thought about <laughs> my parents. So a little something about me. My dad, he's black, he's from Mississippi, a very small town in Mississippi called Como. I'm pretty sure it used to be like an old plantation because my great grandma jokes about Tuesdays being cotton picking day. That was like one of the first things she ever said to me when I met her, she said, Sonny, what's today? I said, Tuesday. She said, ah, cotton picking day. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I was like 13 years old when she said that. And then my mom's, she's from the Navajo Nation, straight from a reservation, no options practically a third world country out there no electricity plumbing type shit and to see them come back or come out of nothing join the military do their like 20 year 25 year stint in the army each Mm -hmm. come out of that do some government stuff and set up a good situation for me and my sister man Mm -hmm. like it's not like they're coming from failure but coming from failed communities yeah is definitely a big deal and i keep that uh, that definitely motivates me being black Indian. Uh, come on. I mean, I, I, from my, for, for my mom's side, they've been told that America don't care about you. Here's your piece of land, do what you want. And then from my dad's side, it's all right, all right, we brought you here from Africa to pick some cotton. She's still talking about it. We gonna leave you here with limited resources and for y'all to figure it out. My parents, definitely another example of people who I guess come from failed regions yeah in this great country you know to to make something successful so i definitely have to do justice for them
0: yeah 100 percent. i feel i i can feel that yeah vindicate you know your ancestors vindicate your family it's it's all you have at the end of the day and to keep that bloodline going especially do what you want to do and succeed at it that that's something to uphold it really is
1: yeah because i don't think there's in my family at least i'm not too sure if there's anybody else who like runs a small business, like what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. There aren't too many people who've been to college. There's a few, but not many. I'm mm-hmm. one of them. I feel like I'm doing it and I, I'm able to, you know, kind of put the family on, on the map yeah. using my name too. You know, my, <laughs> my name is it's out there. I got the .com. That's like the most valuable thing to me is, it's my name.
0: That's the thing, man. Like failure is such an important thing that I feel like no one talks about it enough. It, because to own up to your failures sucks. Because that means, like, you, you admit that you at some point lost. And no one wants to lose. Everyone wants to win.
1: Yes, dude. Absolutely.
0: You got you to gotta lose to win. You really do have to lose to win. I don't know. Folks, if I may be honest, you know, we we live in a day and age where so many people are going through so much. So many people are – their truths are devalued. Their their lives are diminished because of his, history from other, like – perspectives and whatnot so get your story out there I think is important because everyone lives such a different life and everyone can everyone can have it made at the beginning and then one failure can set them down a path of just absolute darkness it it happens so often in life one thing I have to say like I mentioned earlier when I was talking about how I met Lawrence he was very about his business very focused and stuff like that and one thing that's been fun seeing him evolve into especially into his graphic design business is I feel that he's taken that focus but I can bet that the failures added patience onto that focus because the amount of detail and processing he does for all of his work really shows, and the fact that he's not like willing to rush a project, the fact he, that he's like, lets you know, hey, I want to sit with this for about a week or two to really like get there. I think that really is important, especially for a graphic artist.
1: And that's something that people should know too, uh, when you're working with an artist or a graphic designer. Me in particular, I definitely like to, to work a little bit on something and then come back to it and see how it looks a few days later, Mm -hmm. maybe a week later. That's how I work. Other artists will sit down and they'll just bang it out. They'll they'll, they'll just sit there for that entire 14 hours at their desk and they won't move and they'll have a single piece. But that patience, man, I I don't, I'm not too sure if I can tell you where that patience comes from. Maybe it could be the All the failures, I'm sure it is. I'm not too sure which one to to, to pinpoint and say what it is. Mm -hmm. But it just feels better, you know, to have time with something. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just a human thing.
0: Especially now in a a pandemic. I think we all realize that we we do need to spend more time, not so much just uh, working, but focusing on ourselves. Focusing more so on things that we do want to enjoy and actually put time to. I can imagine, yeah, that that puts a lot of into perspective.
1: With that too, we're we're also in the society where everything wants everybody wants things quickly. Every it happens quite often when people hit me up saying, "Yo, can you have this done by tomorrow or in a couple of days?" And can you do it for this much? And I'm like, "Yo, bro, I can't do that. This is a logo for a jewelry business. You're asking me to do it overnight. This is a luxury brand. You should put some more time into your." to your luxury brand and the artwork and all of this stuff man you gotta hire somebody to spend some time with it and some people don't understand that
0: things don't happen overnight and the things that do happen overnight sometimes i feel like they're not meant to be long-lived so to put that time and effort into craft i think you're you're willing to put in more chips to the longevity of whatever it may be
1: you know and especially if it's somebody's business we should be doing that it's mm-hmm. gonna be making you money I'm excited for this, you know, when it all works out, you know, but we just got to give it some time to work.
0: So Lawrence, I want to ask, because you're a really smart man, and you read a lot of books, you incorporate a lot of, like, smart, individual-versed people into your life. Is there something you could recommend for certain people, like, going through it, maybe that you were in a rut that got you out of that rut?
1: Oh, man. So there's this really cool book. It's called, like, Outwitting the Devil, and it's kind of all about... One guy, and he's meeting the devil, and he's got all of these questions for the devil. He wants to know the tricks that the devil plays on people. He wants to know what, what what the devil does to really make people fuck up, and they really get into it, and that's what the whole book is about. I think that if you're really fucking up, if you find yourself in a rut, that book that book really like kind of saved my life, and as far as music goes, man, I love hip-hop. I I think the whole story of hip hop is rags to riches, you know, diamonds in the rough. That's I think that's the story of hip hop. So you got to listen to that. You got to read that book. And then uh, you definitely need a support system. You might need some therapy, you know, all those things. All those things can definitely help if you're dealing with failure, if you don't know how to bounce back. Uh, That's what helped me.
0: Yeah, Definitely. I want to stress, maybe you can speak on this. So there's that, as a, as a writer, there's that saying, sometimes you have to kill your darlings, where you might think this is like the funniest idea ever, but for an audience, is not really going to play out so well. So it might be best to strap that idea in general. How often do you kill your dar- darlings? Or how often does that method pop up in your life?
1: All the time, bro. I heard somewhere that, what do they say? All ideas are good or all ideas are bad. Until you really, really, really find the good one. So there's no problem with that. And plus, you know, we live in such a quick culture, you know, things come and go. So that's completely fine, man. And then it's also cool to go back and and look at those things that you've killed and see if they're still relevant. Maybe you can bring them back to life and and use them later. In my design work, I I come up with all sorts of drafts and I had to kill. (laughs) It, It sucks, you know, it's like hours of work. This one doesn't work. This one doesn't work. This one doesn't work. All right. Does this one work? All right. We'll keep this one. And then a week later, you end up killing that one for a better design. So it's all part of the process. Mm-hmm.
0: I, I like quotes. I like inspirational stuff. I'm sure you do as well. One thing that always like stuck out to me was The Tale of Two Wolves. It's a Native American, essentially a short story, but I'll read it real quick for the audience. One evening, an elderly Cherokee brave told his grandson about a battle that goes inside people. He said, my son battle is between two wolves inside us all one is evil it is anger envy jealousy sorrow regret greed arrogance self-pity guilt resentment inferiority lies false pride superiority and ego the other is good it is joy peace love hope serenity humility kindness benevolence empathy generosity truth compassion and faith the grandson thought about it for a minute and then asked his grandfather which wolf wins the old cherokee simply replied the one that you feed so all that to say it's true it's always the battle of what do you put more energy into and how is that energy also perceived do you put more negative energy into a certain thing Do you put more positive energy into a certain thing and failure i feel is just you know one of those things that is the process of that you
1: know <laughs> i fed that the, the the bad wolf for so long bro mm. i didn't mind being the bad guy for for a while there in my early 20s and, and then you learn some shit you learn some dope shit you start navigating differently maybe you lose some important people in your life that that kind of help you reevaluate. and and you start feeding the good one mm. and that bitch gets so big bro that you know the bad wolf it, it, it can't do anything it can't fuck with the good wolf man yeah. and that's how i feel man i feel like my my my, my good wolf is so big so well fed it'll <laughs> fuck up any negative wolves that want to come in its in its area
0: i love that man. I,
1: I love that story yes
0: yeah <laughs> i mean uh, who can relate and i gotta say man even when i knew you back then i i I knew you were going through stuff, and obviously, like, we, we all are there for each other at, at that job, but I knew you were going through stuff. To see this man who very clearly was going through some things still come in with a positive attitude, still come in with an upbeat attitude, you have to honor that, you have to respect that, because that's that's what it takes, folks, to, to make it through. You have to be yourself, you have to be one with yourself, and really, like, feed on what keeps you going, feed on what keeps you happy. Kind of going off of that quote of failure, there's another quote of failure by Stephen Colbert. I think uh, we all can relate to and it says what do you get from loss you get the awareness of other people's loss which allows you to love more deeply and to understand what it's like to be a human being which I mean I feel like if you paid attention to anything that's been going on in the past year that just rings all the bells right
1: just speaking on 2020 as a whole we all had to overcome something Mm -hmm. absolutely and I'm sure we all lost things I actually lost family members from COVID and that actually triggered a huge evolution in who I am as, as a man. So yeah, man, this Stephen Colbert quote is, it's amazing. It, it, it does justice. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it.
0: Yeah. Maybe a lot of people don't. I'm a big comedy nerd. So of course I do know. But Stephen Colbert actually lost his father and a couple of brothers. He's like from a big family, but they all died in some tragic plane accident. So he has like a lot more brothers and sisters on top of that. But to still lose family members like that. You know, he he definitely could speak to the loss, but as Lawrence is saying, so many people have lost so much and our condolences, honestly, like losing someone to me in the past four years since I moved to New York, I've lost almost 15 family members. So that you start to reflect on how they interacted in your life, but you also reflect on their values. You reflect on what they try to uphold. So I think that's important to honor those that you have in your life now and try and Learn as much as you can from them.
1: I agree. I'm 28 years old, and it was it's been super crazy because I haven't actually lost anybody close to me. Um, it wasn't until 2020 when you know shit really hit the fan, and I had to experience those kinds of losses. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it changes. It changes how how you how you perceive things. Even speaking on uh, kids that I grew up with, I know kids who lost parents while I was in high school, you know, going to school with them. And, and I saw that happen. And mm-hmm. it kind of goes one of either two ways. You know, the, the, the kid can be down and out, and we can see how that goes out. Or the kid can kind of understand how precious things truly are and understand the value of time, this, that, and the other. And, and then we can see how that pans out. And I've seen it a few times in people that I know. They really take advantage of this
0: life. Yeah. I want to say too, I I know I said it a little bit, but how we should definitely value people's lives. But just think of it this way. If you truly don't connect with your family members, your friends on that level, on that deep level, you are missing out on so much to connect with other people. And that's why I highly recommend others to talk with other people they may not feel so much comfortable with. I know... It's a shame that we live in such a society, but I know a lot of people that look down on the transgender community, that look down on black people, that look down on Asian people. But truly, honestly, if you sit down and talk with one of them, you may get a better understanding of not just like their lifestyle and what they've been through, but why they are the person they are in their community.
1: Yeah, those people just aren't educated. You know, I'm taking an interpersonal communication course right now, mm-hmm. actually. And what we learn about is not judging people from just a single story. Typically, people look at a group, maybe uh, transgenders uh, or Blacks or th- the other examples that you just made, with a single story. You know, Black people just want to be ghetto, transgenders, you know, just. Pick a gender, be what you're supposed to be, you know, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. There's so much more to uh, these groups. Mm -hmm. Um, There are different identities. And if you actually don't believe that stereotype or that single story and you get to know these people, you're going to learn that you have so many similarities. Exactly. No, it's it's crazy. I was watching this little film and it was four people. There is a Mexican, a white, a black, Asian and they're they pretty much all end up shooting each other in a gas station. <laughs> oh, it goes man. down. it's it super crazy, like a Tarantino film. But when they all die, the point is they all bleed the same blood and they all mm-hmm. kind of come together and go down the drain. Yeah. So, you know, don't, don't be an asshole, you know, just yeah. believing a single narrative. There's so much more. Right. To, to, to people and don't look down, especially because you don't know what they're what they're going through. Everybody has a different story.
0: Right. I like that you said that they're just not educated because, you know, you and I, we went to school in Colorado. We know the education system, what they give to people. To Truth be told, I didn't really know that Thanksgiving was that bad because I was just taught it was just a holiday where everyone gets together and eats. Nope. <laughs> a lot of Native Americans, a lot of people got murdered and it was a terrible, terrible event.
1: Yo, that's a uh, that's a flaw of this country, but that's a that's a flaw of humanity. To
0: yeah.
1: uh, w- yeah. what do they say that we do? We uh we tell, we we tell the stories uh, that they want to hear, <laughs> uh, for that they want to hear, and we don't start from the beginning. It's kind yeah. of like let's right ignore that and let's start. You know, secondly, let's not start with America being home of uh, American Indians yeah let's start it with being uh you know Col- christopher columbus coming and discovering it let's tell that story we don't give exactly we don't even know shit we don't want to know about the shit that happened before that we don't care yeah. start with christopher <laughs> it's crazy
0: <laughs> man yeah so educate yourselves folks if you truly are curious about something you have a computer in your pockets If you're, if you're listening to this podcast that means you have the needs to do research so I highly recommend, you know, there's so many ways to go about it, but don't just Wikipedia things, folks, like actually commit an hour of a week to researching something you normally wouldn't or read something you normally wouldn't.
1: And, and, and try to, you know, talk to those people too. Yeah, uh, you know, get to know them and be vulnerable, put yourself in that position.
0: So, Lawrence, uh, any last words you want to give to people about failure? Maybe any advice you want to give them?
1: yeah man just don't give up and keep working on yourself um there's only 24 hours in a day where we only use like 12 of the hours and then you know we bullshit half that time you know so uh, be deliberate in in what you do if you say that you're going to do something that you really want to do if you want to make music stop fucking off make some music if you want to you know be an artist if you want to you know do some paintings stop fucking around on netflix get your ass up and go paint something Don't be afraid to try something. Just just go for it. If you're going through some shit, if if you're on probation, if you're in a a bad, you know, negative spiral, drinking, smoking, doing bad things, seek some help. Talk to your family. Find some close friends. Mm -hmm. Really uh, find something worth living for. Yeah, man. And then use those failures as fuel. It's really cool and you'll really be surprised at what you can do check out my website com. <laughs> follow me on instagram at laurencebenteley uh, underscore and support your boy support other artists listen to this podcast hey uh, thank you <laughs> yeah man set some goals you know achieve goals set more goals and keep doing it keep yeah. doing it
0: yeah get, get a planner you'd be surprised how much just writing down things into a planner helps out because then you're really going to commit to it. I promise you. I, at first, I thought it was bullshit that I was writing in a planner. But then all of a sudden, I bought a microphone. Then I bought soundproofing. Now I'm recording a podcast. Now I'm talking to a graphic designer. Now I'm talking to a musician. And now here I am, episode five of said podcast. You know, that that's it's, it's stuff like that. We'll keep you going. Once again, check out today's donation, feedingcolorado.org. We'll put it in the bio. It's going to be right there for you guys to see. Check it out. Support it. Support the homeless, please, by all means support each other and we're all humans here this earth is not as big as we make it out to be to be truth be told as lawrence mentioned please check him out on his website please check him out on instagram hit him up if you wanted to do some graphic design it was so easy i literally just messaged him and next thing you know two weeks after i have the art and i, I truly want to say thank you again for the art man because i know you put in so much time and effort into it and it paid off in my opinion it really looks awesome
1: i appreciate
0: that um, and yeah folks uh, we'll be back next friday as always check us out on spotify youtube apple soundcloud follow us on the gram follow us on twitter hit us up let us know what you think let us know what you want to do on the show we actually been getting requests for people to be on the show so maybe that's a thing let us know let us know you're in common gems let us know what's going on and yeah definitely take care folks in those failures. Damn it. Living those failures. Lawrence, <laughs> <laughs> any, any last word for the people?
1: Nah, much love. Thank you for having me on.
0: Right on, right on. Thank you all so much. And have a great rest of the time. Yeah, have a great rest of the day is what I meant to say. <laughs> Peace out, everybody.